two years, one month, three days. 27 interviews. 203 cover art designs. Before I reveal what those numbers are all about, let's rewind to November 2020. The realization that the pandemic wasn't going to be a two-week thing had sunk in. On top of that, the most depressing time of the year in Berlin had started. There literally is a word for November weather in German, Novemberwetter, which is synonymous with grey skies and seasonal depression. All that meant a lot of time at home looking for a ray of sunshine. For me, that turned out to be binge listening to narrative podcasts. For context, narrative podcasts are story-driven shows. Instead of just featuring a full-length interview, each episode pulls from multiple interviews, other recordings, scripted segments, and music to tell the story. Now let's get back to this story. Like for a bunch of people, this was also a time rife with introspection and questioning the status quo for me. Specifically, being removed from people made the topic of likability pop up for me. AKA trying to fit in, AKA pretzeling ourselves as opposed to belonging for simply being you. That's when the idea for the Please Like Me podcast was born. Why not create my own narrative style podcast diving in deeper and dissecting likability? Discovering how to bridge that gap between trying to fit in and truly belonging. I was on fire. I quickly grabbed the domain, I put up a call for peeps to chat with me, and boom. In record time, I was booked out with 27 interviews, having to actually turn down further chats. In a whirlwind two months, I recorded all the interviews, battling Germany's bad internet. I think I lost you shows up in my transcript a gazillion times. Held a contest for the cover art design with 203 submissions. Put up a coming soon website. And then... Nothing. I could throw up a lot of excuses. I got super busy with exciting work projects. I moved in with my partner. We got a puppy! And while those things, sure, took up a big chunk of my time and brain space, the truth was it was a bunch of thought demons that kept me from moving forward. Little red devilmen with pitchforks poking my brain with negative chatter whenever I thought about the podcast. After over a year and a half of this torture, I had enough and got a super soaker out. There were a lot of mental fires to put out, though. And just like those supposed to be funny but actually really annoying birthday candles that relight every time you try to blow them out, they like to roar back to life. Since there's a reason firefighters never tackle a blaze alone, I decided to create another podcast. This podcast, Creating in the Margins where I could chat with other creatives about how they make their passion projects come alive, as well as deprive my own fires from oxygen by tackling them head on. I know I'm mixing up my metaphors here, but you get what I'm saying. The first fire we'll put out together? Comparisonitis. 
Comparisonitis is the compulsion to compare yourself and what you're doing with others to determine where you rank. Yeah, sounds as fun as it is. Little side note here, I wish I'd come up with that term, but I can't take the credit. Unfortunately, I can't pinpoint where I first heard it either, so if you know who coined comparisonitis, let me know so I can attribute it properly. Keep listening now, though, to hear how two bomb women, Oriana Gudes and Natalie Turner, and I deal with comparisonitis. Because while it may be two years, one month, and three days since I first had the idea for Please Like Me, it's now actually happening. And no little red devil man in my brain will stop me. And they shouldn't stop you either. Is your muse gasping for air? Between busy schedules and inner demons, creativity is easily drowned. The Creating in the Margins podcast is your lifeline. Every two weeks, get inspo from diverse creatives making their challenging passion projects a reality in the margins of their lives. Plus, I, her host, storyteller, and globetrotter Kat Rundell, slay pesky doubts alongside you, covering everything from feeling like a shadow artist to toxic productivity. Yes, you'll want to stick around to the very, very end to get a laugh from bloopers and outtakes. Now, Let's add some color to your margins. The seed for comparisonitis could be planted anywhere. By teachers, siblings, bosses. For Ariana, though, she knows exactly who it was. It's all because of my dad. <laughs> I mean, I think it is his fault. Yes, it is his fault. I was raised to be very competitive in my family, even going to the car, it was like a race. The first one to touch the car wins. And I was brought up to be so competitive that right now, even my friends think it's annoying because everything, like I want to win everything and everything, I want to make it a game. And for me, it's like super exciting. And if, if I don't have anything to win, like I, I'm not interested. I'm always like, okay, but can I win something? <laughs> can I be the best at this? <laughs> Oria is from Caracas, Venezuela and has been living in Berlin for eight years now. She's a graphic designer and health coach, currently working, wait for it, in the world of online family games. Yeah, I did a double take at that combo too, but then it also kind of makes sense with her being someone that loves winning, which is what gambling is all about, right? Sometimes though, it's not a specific person like it was with Oriana, but society in general giving you a measuring stick. First of all, I think it's it's being a woman in the world today. So there is a lot of yeah, from young girls growing up about who they should be and how they should look and what they should eat and how they should exercise. That's Natalie you're hearing. I'll let her introduce herself. I am Natalie. So I've been in Berlin for five years. I'm originally from England. Before I lived here, I lived in Budapest for eight years. Randomly, I can speak. Hungarian a lot better than I can speak German. <laughs> well, my partner's Hungarian and my kids are um, it, like half. And before that, I lived in London. So yeah, I've lived around a bit. And right now I do business development. Did you catch that right now? That's because Natalie has had what she calls a squiggly career. 
Before diving into business development, she used to be a nurse. That's so squiggly, it's almost a U-turn. For Natalie, though, it's now the internal comparison, and with the ones around her, that really gets to her. I think I'd probably be in any career and I'd just be like, oh, am I good enough? Am I doing the right thing? Am I moving fast enough? You know, when there's really no speed that you should be moving in. So it's a lot of like internal pressure. I'm also a working mom. So there's always this, this, oh, do I focus on my career? Does it mean I'm not being a good enough mom? So I'm always kind of torn in those ways. Part of it is, is just have sometimes having this inner dialogue that you should be further or you should be doing better. And then the next part is obviously like seeing people doing really well and then thinking, oh, oh, I'm not doing those things. Should I do them? Continually like trying to think like, is is their path the right way? For me, Campers Nights was birthed by the need to create something great. Great is subjective though. Great compared to what? And yep, there you have it. That's how you end up diagnosed with comparisonitis. <coughs> it's pretty much all internal pressure on my end, as any therapist I've ever worked with will confirm. It's source? Privilege. Okay, okay. I know that sounds weird and a very 2022 thing to say, but in my defense, I felt like that since I was in high school. And no, that wasn't last year, but almost two decades ago. Yay. I've always been acutely aware of how lucky I am. My dad is Chilean, my mom is German, and we moved around a lot as I was growing up. That resulted in me being trilingual, fluent in Spanish, German, and English from an early age on. Add in that academics came easy to me, I was a straight-A student with admittedly not a crazy amount of effort on my part and had built-in privileges, like being white, from educated and well of background, the list goes on, and it all mixed down to this thought. Don't waste it. It generally felt slash sometimes feels like an obligation to make something meaningful out of all that I was gifted. Yeah, that's just a tiny bit of pressure. Also, during our chat, Oriana said something that made me cringe, so naturally, I knew I had to include it. When I see something that you do, I know it's amazing <laughs> because you're doing it. You could hear that and think, aw, that's so nice. Appreciation for hard work, right? Wrong. The little devilmen raise their pitchfork and go, pressure activated. The expectations are high, better not F up. Those little thought demons are funny little buggers, aren't they? So yeah, it's real easy for me to feel the anti-get up on my internal pressure from the outside, be it because of praise or criticism. Fun times. But this is not a woe is me podcast. This is a podcast where we show those thought devils who is boss. Spoiler alert, it's not them. So here are four strategies to drown out comparisonitis. One, find role models. That feels like generic work slash life advice, right? But it is generic for a reason. It actually works. And no, your role model doesn't need to be Michelle Obama. That's actually really counterproductive. 
when your role model is someone a trillion light years away from you, it can actually demotivate you. Find someone that is closer to you, that you can relate to. For Natalie, the person was there from the beginning. My mom actually, when she was 40, she had been like working in kind of shops, but mostly like a, a stay-at-home mom. And when she was 40, she actually went to nursing school. So I'd kind of seen her transition at a later age to do something else. So I think as well from that came, okay, I could just do something else. I've still got time. I've got time to learn. I've got time to change and still have a very long career like ahead of me. For me, the role model that got me back on the horse was actually someone I was mentoring. You'll meet them properly in the next episode, but Danelle was in the spot I was. Creating a podcast as a passion project in the middle of a trillion things going on and those inside voices trying to talk them out of it. Instead of a classic mentor-mentee relationship, which would have felt kind of weird anyway, we became more like accountability partners. Win-win. Strategy number two, turn it into motivation. Comparison isn't inherently bad. It's a natural human behavior meant to help us be a cohesive group and learn from each other. It's how we interpret and deal with it that can cause a downward spiral. So let's turn that frown, I mean spiral of course, upside down. I do compare myself a lot, <laughs> too much, and I try not to. I mean, I try not to do it in a, in a way that would put me down. I try to do it in a way that will help me in like business-wise. And, and I've also learned to not feel, let's say, jealous, I guess. But I do need to, to compare myself with others to, be able to make sure that I have something different to offer. Because if I become one of the same, then what makes me special? Like, why would you work with me? Why would you pick me to help you? So I need to make sure that I know what everybody else is doing to make it different and to see what needs, what, where is the whole, tiny hole in the market where I can like go into. I don't see it as a negative aspect of me I like how competitive I am and I think that always puts me in in a in a mode that I'm in that I get in the zone and I and I work towards being the best it can also help when you're feeling like it can't be done to see that it actually can yeah I think absolutely it can be positive as well so like I said you know being a working mom and um, when I see other women, business women who also have children doing really well, I'm like, oh, wow, I could also be there or I could also do that. So I think it can also have a really positive feeling. It's like sometimes, you know, your whole week is your kids are off school and or when they went to do homeschooling. I mean, that was just just absolute hell because <laughs> all of a sudden I have a full time job at home. And I'm now trying to do homeschooling in a language that I don't speak. So it was just like, it was just terrific. Um, and at times like that, you're just like, oh man, should I, maybe, maybe I'm striving too far. Maybe I should be a stay-at-home mom. Maybe I should be home, like doing all this stuff. But you know in your heart, it's not really what you want to do. And then you see other moms doing that and you're like, okay, they're doing it. Like I can do it. Like I've just got to keep like my focus and I've got to understand that I'll have bad weeks. 
I'll have good weeks and I've just got to like keep going forward. What helps me personally? Behind the scenes stories. I love watching masterclasses or listening to podcasts where creators dissect what went into creating something. Because guaranteed a bunch of stuff went wrong, they doubted themselves, and happy accidents saved the day. Getting to see the gritty truth behind the shiny end products I love keeps me motivated during my own one step forward, two steps back moments. That's why I aim to be as transparent as possible about my own process through the stories I tell on podcasts and the inside story newsletter and by including the bloopers and outtakes at the end of episodes. Because if I can get here, you definitely can. And hopefully without a, oh damn, the batteries on my handheld recorder just died in the middle of my two-hour interview moment. True story. Now, want to take it one step further? Go on. I know you're probably an overachiever like Natalie, Oriana, and me, but just nod at your head yes. So ready, set, and hold on until after the break to find out. One of the biggest things that kickstarts my creativity is being inspired by others, especially by seeing the pretty behind the scenes of their journey. If that sounds right up your alley, check out Masterclass. You get to learn straight from world-class instructors. From Roxane Gay teaching writing for social change to Isare's class on creating outside the lines. Fall in love with Masterclass like I have and support this podcast at no extra cost to you by heading to tellonpurpose.com slash masterclass. That's tellonpurpose.com slash masterclass. Happy learning. Okay, now that we're back for real now, ready, set, and cheerlead your so-called competitors. You might have just raised your brows at that third strategy, valid. But hear me out. (laughs) The best way to nip comparisonitis in the bud is to flip the script and tell it. These are not my competitors. These are amazing humans that I admire and support. Something that I do is that I don't stop supporting others just because they are in the same field as me. Like, I believe that we can all grow and we can all win and we can all be at the top together. There is room for everybody. So next time you feel comparisonitis crop up when you see someone else achieve something, do the opposite. Celebrate them, both in your thoughts and in real life. Make it a point to network with others in your field and refer them when you are not the right fit for someone. Be the first to give a shout out to someone you've seen do great things. Tell the person you admire them and why. There are a million ways to reframe comparisonitis. There's also a great way to stop it from rearing ugly head in the first place. Strategy number four, be a beginner. I'm always just like, oh, I could do something new. Oh, so I just, I just took up knitting randomly in lockdown. Now when I'm in Slack meetings, I'm always like knitting. I also just signed up to do like a stand-up comedy class because I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested in that. But yeah, I'm, I think my friends are never surprised 
with what I'm doing these days. So I'm like, oh, I did this and I'm, and now I'm doing this. And I was thinking about that. And my friend's like, oh my God, where do you get the energy? <laughs> that energy, it comes from keeping our childish joy in learning alive. When we're small and can't walk, we don't compare ourselves with adults and go, oh, I could never do that. I better not even try unless I make a fool of myself. No, we go, oh, they're doing this weird thing with their legs. Let me try that out. And when we fall, we shrug it off and, okay, we might have a temper tantrum first, but then we shrug it off and try again and again and again. And you get the point. Continuously trying new things and being beginners as adults helps us switch back to that mindset. So I discover by being forced by my therapist to find a hobby because I work too much. So I go around and I see, okay, where is, what hobby can I bring into my life that I cannot make money out of it? Because if I find something that I can make money out of it, I will make it a business. I will not make it a hobby. So I'm like, okay, I'll do watercolor because like, who's going to buy my watercolor art? <laughs> you know, like that's, that's not going to happen. I just automatically bought a watercoloring set and started to paint and really enjoyed the break. But I also noticed that I kept trying to make my paintings like more perfect, <laughs> because, but I can't because it's watercolor. <laughs> watercolor is not meant to be, like you cannot make a perfect edge with watercolor because it's watercolor. It is not meant for that. So this week, like on the weekend, I had the realization when I was painting that I can't make this perfect. There is no way for me to. So I need to cope with the fact that this cannot be perfect because it's not meant to. So for me, having this moment in the day where I am faced with a thing that stops me, but I do something anyway, and, and it's very silly, but, but the way that it works in your brain, it's you start to, to cope with the moments that you cannot make something perfect. And the fact that I now have something that, I, that it's only for me, that I do only for me, that I do not share, I do not post, I do not send, I, do not, I take pictures and I just keep them in my phone and it's, it's something just for me. It's very refreshing because I feel the need that to create because I'm a content creator and, and I feel the need to put out there the coffee that I'm drinking, the place that I'm going. And you, you share so much that you have nothing for you. So just having this tiny imperfect thing for me, it has helped me so much. As Oriana said, learning new things, especially just for fun, is a great moment to observe our thoughts and grow. It's extra special when you can watch it happen over a long period of time. For me, that's been the case with snowboarding. When I started snowboarding 20 years ago, God, saying that makes me feel real old, I was so preoccupied with how I looked. Okay, I was a preteen too, that could have added to it, but back then, you couldn't have caught me dead with a helmet. Funnily enough, I could have actually died for not wearing one. But that's beside the point. Now, the exact opposite. Give me all the helmets and extra padding you have. 
I don't care what I look like as long as I'm warm and comfy and less likely to get hurt. And not just that, I do silly things now on purpose, like attach cat ears to my helmet because it's fun. The same is true for how my mindset has evolved. When I started learning to snowboard, I used to get so grumpy over falling. My family literally left me behind on the bunny hill because I was such a pain. Granted, that also led to drama when I ended up breaking my wrist in the pre-cell phone always with you era. But that's a story for another time. Point is, I hated falling and cared oh so much about what others thought. The secret I wasn't in on? No one was thinking about me. They were concentrating on their own trip down the hill. Today, I can laugh when I fall. I can catch myself when I start comparing and instead focus on enjoying the ride. I don't need to prove anything to anyone, myself included. Keeping that childlike spirit alive is something I aim for regularly. Be that by keeping up my obsession with animated movies or making Halloween a mandatory holiday. Plus, I found not taking yourself that seriously leads to not only better outcomes, caring what others think has never led to exceptional results, but means you have more fun along the way. Speaking of finding things out, here's the rundown of the four strategies against compersonitis Oriana, Natalie, and I have discovered. One, find role models. Two, turn it into motivation. Three, cheerlead your so-called competitors. And four, be a beginner. I'll let Natalie sign us off. I think for me, what really lights me up is that it's totally possible. And just by feeling like, yeah, I think I can do this. I did it. Just go after something and give it a go. Like you'll either do it well or you won't and then move on to something else if you don't. On the next episode of Creating in the Margins coming out in two weeks, we'll do a deep dive into how to get started and finding your motivation type with queer, award-winning journalist and audio engineer, Danelle Cloutier. Danelle just launched their own podcast called Stranger Than Usual, where they bring listeners to exceptional locations around the world to get to the heart of people in places of history. And bringing that passion project to life was no easy feat. I am working a million jobs and doing all these freelance projects and I have so many creative ideas that I'm making happen. I will often have that thought like, is this good enough? Am I good enough? Will anybody care or listen? Working through these internal struggles, for me, that makes it worth it because I did it. Let's be back here for the next episode to hear exactly how Danelle did it. See you there. Want to be one of the featured voices on the podcast? There's an easy peasy way to do that. Head to creatinginthemargins.com and leave me a voice note about what your challenges with creating in the margins are. Plus, any little tips you might have are always welcome. Can't wait to hear from you. As promised at the top, here are some fun outtakes and bloopers from today's episode. Enjoy! as well as deprive my own fires from oxygen. Oxygen? Since there's a reason firefighters never attack boga, okay. Hmm. Since there's a reason firefighters never, I can't speak. <laughs> okay.
since there's a reason firefighters Neville Neville I mean I mean can't even say Harry Potter Harry Potter jeez Louise okay Okay. Since there's a reason firefighters never <laughs> never stuck on my brain. It's how we interpret and inter I can never say that word. It's how we interpret. There we go. Pos where it's positive and take it away from, from situations where it's not bringing me joy. Oh, sorry. My, my trailer is... <laughs> I didn't know that you could hear that sound. This is a good microphone. <laughs> Let me just quit my email. Strategy number douche. <laughs> Why did I say that? Okay. Strategy number. <laughs> oh God. <clears throat> I love watching masterclasses or listening to podcasts where creator, creators, creator, direct. <laughs> now. The excited outcome. Jeez, Louise. Oh, my feet are falling asleep. <laughs>